hello everyone. I am glad that you're with us here today on Daily in the Word. My name is Rich Chassie. I am your host and teacher. Today we're going to be beginning the second half of John's Gospel. Beginning in chapter 12, verse 1, we start what is the last week before the events of the crucifixion and the resurrection. We have some intrigue in the first portion of today, and then the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, where he is received as king. Let's go ahead and begin reading in verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, A large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. The intrigue that I had been referencing earlier, of course, revolved around Judas Iscariot the one of the twelve who John reminds us throughout his gospel was later to betray him. Judas was apparently the treasurer for the group, but yet John reminds us he was also a thief and used to help himself to the money that was kept in the money bag. This perfume that Mary had taken and poured at the feet of Jesus is perfume that was very expensive, worth a year's wages, as Judas had pointed out. And yet, it is also a reference to the burial of Jesus. It was intended, Jesus said, 
to be used at his burial. They would take spices and they would take perfumes and different things to anoint the body of the dead person. The wealthier the dead person, the more that would be used for the burial. Somehow, this perfume was intended for his burial. It's as if Mary understood what was to come, and she was anointing his body even before it was dead for the burial. Again, just a prophetic statement, similar to at the birth of Jesus, the the wrapping of Jesus in the strips of cloth that were used to wrap dead bodies. That's what they used to wrap Jesus when he was born. And so this is very profound, what Mary is doing with this perfume. There's a large crowd that's gathered there, not only because of Jesus, but also out of fascination to see Lazarus. It's not often that you see somebody whose body surely stinketh. and is now back from the dead. What an amazing sight that must have been. What amazing conversations those must have been with Lazarus. Unfortunately for Lazarus, the chief priests wanted to kill him too, just because he was a part of the story. Thankfully, we don't think that Lazarus was killed by the chief priests. The next day, There's this great crowd that's there for the Passover festival. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and so they took palm branches and they went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. These are all shouts of worship. They are all anticipatory shouts of recognition that this is the Messiah, that he is the conquering king. This is what they're expecting. Jesus had found a young donkey. Actually, Luke's gospel tells us how they came upon this donkey, this young foal of a donkey. Jesus uses this in fulfillment of Zechariah 9, verse 9. This is a prophecy from the Old Testament that is prophetic in terms of understanding Jesus' first coming. Obviously, the donkey was in relationship to his first coming, But Zechariah also, much more of that prophecy is about the second coming of Jesus. But at least this first part was fulfilled when Jesus came into Jerusalem riding this donkey. Of course, his disciples didn't understand all of this. It was only after Jesus was glorified or resurrected that they realized that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. They had no idea that Zechariah 9.9 was in reference to Jesus. They didn't understand that until after the fact. They're all shouting, and this is actually an, an example of idol worship. They're all worshiping at this point, all these people that are shouting, at least the majority of them. They're all shouting, Hosanna, and blessed is the King of Israel. They don't know what they're worshiping. They don't know what they're declaring Jesus came as the suffering servant, as the Lamb of God who would be sacrificed for the sins of the world. That's not who they were worshiping. They were worshiping a conquering king, a a ruler who would come and destroy Rome and get them out of their land. And their faith in him, if you could call it that, was not a true faith because who they believed Jesus was at that point 
wasn't really who he was, so they didn't understand. And then in verse 17, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. These were great evangelists, and many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So verse 19, the Pharisees said to one another, and this is an example of exaggeration. This is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. They're like pulling their hair out, trying to figure why so many people are following Jesus. Even they recognize these signs and wonders that Jesus is performing, and yet they don't see it. Because their eyes are blind, as Isaiah writes about, their eyes are blind, their hearts are hard, they don't recognize Jesus for who he really is. And it's all a part of the plan. Jesus must go to the cross. Jesus must be crucified and to shed his blood and die and then rise again. It's all a part of God's plan set forth before the foundation of the world and they were playing their role in what God was doing. Now, their hearts were hardened, their eyes were blind, but this was also their choice. They chose to remain hardened. They chose to remain blind. They were out for themselves. They had a selfishness about them, an ego and a pride about them, and that's what kept them blind and hardened to what God was doing. Many of the Pharisees and many of the religious leaders came to faith in Christ, and we see that at the beginning of that in our next episode, and we see it in the book of Acts, that many of these religious leaders eventually came to faith in Christ. We always hear the bad side of it, but there is also those who came to faith in Christ. But Jesus must be crucified. Jesus must be sacrificed for the sins of the world. And so this is how it all came to be. Lord, we thank you for your plan. We thank you that you put it into place and it came to pass just as you had planned from the beginning. And that Jesus came because of your great love for us, because it pleased you to bring us into your family. You sent your son to pay the price for our sin. And we thank you for that, Lord. All of these things that are now falling into place, we see this, Lord, and we recognize that your word was making all of this happen. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your great grace and mercy that you would forgive our sins and that you would place our sin onto your son, the Lord Jesus. Lord, we cannot fathom what that must have meant for Jesus to be separated from you at that moment, to cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because that's what you did in that moment. We love you and we praise you. We ask, Lord, that you would continue to use us for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you again for listening in today on Daily in the Word. We'll continue in John chapter 12 next time. Until then, I hope that you have a great day. We look forward to being with you again next time here on Daily in the Word.